Hey folks, Zach Costner here, you Insider, Indianapolis Star. It is Friday night. This is uh, Friday night, October 7th. Dustin across from me, enjoying a beer. It's homecoming Cheers. weekend. I mean, it's not really Dustin's homecoming weekend, but whatever, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't go here. It just feels is, like I did. Yeah, it actually, it does. It feels mm. a little bit more like you went here than I went here uh, sometimes. <laughs> but um, we're talking tonight where this is the, I guess, the Hoosier Hysteria postcast, and we kind of promised all week that we would do a, a podcast really diving more into basketball than football, um, and so we're going to do that here because I think there's a decent chance that by the time you hear this, uh, the IU-Michigan game will at, at minimum have started, much less been played. Um, but I mean, Hoosier Hysteria tonight was, I think it's fair to say, more of a spectacle than maybe it's ever been. There was the concert. It's up there, yeah. But even more than that, there was, you know, the, the introductions were, seemed to be all about kind of getting a crowd around all the players and... Mm-hmm. Um, there was there was more interactivity. It was a little bit. It was lighter on the basketball activity and heavier on the crowd interactivity. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've said forever these events are just they're a recruiting tool. They're a pep rally, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, right. But tonight, tonight did feel like Indiana kind of went up a level. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make it like oh, it was the best midnight madness anyone's ever done anywhere. It's not like this is the first time a, right. a concert's happened at one of these things or anything like that. But it feel like at Indiana. This went up a level. There was more thinking outside the box. There was more, you know, let's aim big. And if we have to miss big, we'll miss big. But let's start by aiming big. And, you know, that's what it looked like. Right. No, they went They went for spectacle. And it definitely seemed like um, – I, I, I go back to this. I mentioned this kind of a few times this week on various radio things. But, like, I don't know that another coach could have done it this way. Um, and by that, I mean I don't know that a non-alum um, could have – Pulled off a concert, number one. Uh, number two, kind of given this little of uh, kind of insight. I mean, there was a little there. I mean, obviously, they, they shot, and you got to see Tamar Bates take threes, Miller Cop take threes, you know, Xavier Johnson take threes. You know, there, there was not nothing going on, and there was a little bit of a scrimmage. But, like, when, when Woodson took the mic and said, I'm going to give you guys six minutes. <laughs> That's and all I got was, for you. And it was, like, the least invested mm. scrimmage. Yeah, you know mm. that that I think I've ever seen at one of these, and that like yeah, there was they had no... a pro day earlier today, right. mm-hmm. as we say every year. If you're going to have the coaches in the building for Hoosier hysteria and the bat and the players are going to be doing stuff on the floor, you have to count it as a practice day. So they're always going to work away from Hoosier hysteria before yes. they actually do Hoosier hysteria. So like they're already tired. Yeah, but like even given all that, they still this mm. was as 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 you know sort of low investment of scrimmage right. as I've ever seen. It wasn't. I, I mean. It, it, it like the the Hoosier hysteric scrimmage a couple uh, what I guess is a month ago now a little bit more than a month ago I guess was I guess it was late August um, that was very All Star gamey and, and for good reason I mean obviously it was not a uh, you know Mike Woodson IU run event um, so obviously they, they could only push that so far and and you know they, they certainly weren't running any plays or anything it was a very All Star game ish you know like derby classic type stuff where it was just you know run up and down the floor no one's running any plays basically like off the ball defense is pretty minimal um and uh this was probably even less invested than that (laughs) um but i mean they weren't you know they weren't totally checked out there was you know a few fun things a couple guys dunking the ball a couple guys making shots you know not nothing that really told you a whole heck of a lot um really at all 
But, you know, I mean, there, there I, were there a couple of things that I would say learned isn't necessarily the word. Maybe there were a couple of thoughts I had that were reinforced. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that you would look at anything and say, OK, well, that that tells you that much. But, yeah, I mean, they were obviously try, like not trying to give a whole lot away, not trying to wear the guys out. And it, what's important now is like, I'll get him. I got him back here at 830 in the morning. Um, so this is all you guys are going to get. You know, we're, we're going to let them run a little bit. We're going to let you them show you some basketball because we feel obligated to do that. But that's about the extent of it. And, I mean, they had, you know, they, they wanted to go to the concert. They did go to the concert. They participated in the concert. They were loving it. I, I mean, mean, like, they were all in. Yeah. When they got, when they, like, when they, it was, like, literally, like, probably more than half of each team. I saw Ray Thompson walk off and be like, I'm, I'm good. But, like, I mean, I saw Geronimo, Huchifino, Johnson getting after. They were all in a circle. And, like, the women's team, too. And, like, you know, I mean, I was I got an angle from behind them, but I mean, like just the way that you were seeing kind of the the hand gestures and whatnot, it looked like most of them knew at least most of the words. Um, it's uh, if anyone's curious, uh, San Diego's beating the Mets seven to one as we record and this, the, yeah. and the NL East is over. Um, <laughs> this is kind of this is an impossible statement to quantify, um, but we have between us attended. Like thirty of these, which is you know, when you say it out loud, <laughs> I've skipped more of them. Makes than you me would a little. Think. Sad. I managed the duck. I managed yeah, the duck several you, you for would, football. You would go to football games, and I would always hang back. Um, mm. I don't know. There's there is, and and some of this I think is is contributed by the women's team as well, and the success mm. that they've had recently. Yeah, but there is just sort of a confidence in this program, like that. that yeah, that I, was the that, word I was going to use. That like it it. I mean, you know, like even like with the scrimmage, it was just it wasn't like they were thumbing their nose at the fans, but it was more just like, yeah, but we don't we don't need a scrimmage. Like we're, we know we're good. You'll mm-hmm. you'll see we're good. We got other stuff to worry about. Like right, there was just I don't know. There, I mean, I think the word that I came I kept coming up with was swagger, and it wasn't. Yeah. It didn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I mean, again to to your point, like Mike Woodson is never he he's still got a lot of coaching life left. Right, but he's not going to be the guy that you know struts out onto the floor and is you know dressed all flashy or doing anything like that. Right. Um, but he, you know, even he just had a, a, a like I said, a certain confidence, and and again, it, mm. it felt a little bit like swagger. Well, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it starts with him. The, 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 yeah, that like I've just you know this event is always going to have some of that, but it was more discernible here. Yeah, no, I mean, this is. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say. Okay, the, then the, the like you the, among teams that you and I have covered. So I that keeping in mind, I didn't cover the 2016 Big Ten team. Um, you know, I obviously watched that one just from a distance, just by general interest. But I was in Tennessee at the time. Um, this is probably the second most. I mean, and I and I kind of look at 11 and 12 and 12, 13 as the same guys. You know, because it's always almost entirely the same team, so it's the same group. Um, so this is the second most talented team, you know, second most sort of expectations we've seen, you know, compared to that. And you know, I, I do think, I mean, I do think there's a significant drop off there. Like when when we got to Hoosier Hysteria for 2013, it was these guys uh, yeah, are I supposed mean, to was, win the national title. That was the title. number one team in the country. Yeah, I mean, and, like that they they were. I mean, they were, and they were kind of undisputed in that way. Right. And the difference was like that team as, as, as when we. We have like sort of psychoanalyzed the heck out of that team for so long because it was, I think, such a sort of formative period um, for both of us as beat writers. But um, they like they had swagger, but there was also this sense that this has to happen now. 
you know, that like the clock is running and this team has to win today. Um, this group doesn't have that level of expectation. It's got high expectation, but it's not this national championship or bust thing. It doesn't like, there's not a fever on top of it, you know, like, and so there is this level of confidence that it's like, they don't have to win the whole thing to be successful, but they have this sense that they're really good. Um, and so like there's, there's confidence without in a way that they don't, they don't need to say it like, the, right. the, I mean, yeah. and, and I'm, again, like, I'm not trying to make them out to be like Ricky Henderson, you, you know, no, they're I, not. you know, and like, like right. I'm not trying to make them out like to be the peak yeah. Kobe Shaq Lakers, but I just, no, th- there is, you know, even with that scrimmage, there was a real sense of like, you'll see it when you see it, right. Like, you, you you'll know, get you, to it. You, yeah. You know, it's, don't worry. It's coming. It's, and, that's not for tonight. Tonight was for right. the fireworks and the songs and, you know, <laughs> the throwing the t-shirts into the crowd and the concert. Right. And, and you'll enjoy all that, but like, mm. you'll see it with us when you see it. And like, you know, on the one hand, listen, there aren't a lot of guys on this team that have won. I mean, we talked mm-hmm. so much last year about how there was literally nobody on the roster that had ever been to the NCAA tournament. There and, was zero, literally zero people. There's, no, there's nobody on this roster that's been to the NCAA tournament outside of mm. holdovers from last year because right. the only new faces this year are freshmen. And they've never played in a first-round game that they didn't lose by 30. But on the other hand, like Jalen mm. Huchifino looks really good for all the world like he's i mean you know like he's he's really good like maybe even a little bit underranked you know maybe mm. maybe he should have been a top 20 guy instead of a top 30 guy that kind of thing they clearly believe in Malik Renault even in those 6 minutes i mean one thing that stood out to me and i, I wasn't trying very hard to or i was trying <laughs> i was trying hard not to draw too many conclusions, conclusions yeah. but even in that six-minute scrimmage, I looked at it and I was like, "Man, this second unit just looks different than it did a year ago." Like, like Tamar Bates looks confident like as hell. Malik, I mean, he I does. guess it's Malik Renew. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's that's how we're pronouncing it. I think so. That's how it's pronounced all night. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you've and got, I trust you've got Jeremy Gray's pronunciation. You've got a, an almost certainly better Jordan Geronimo, and almost certainly mm-hmm. better Tamar Bates. Mm-hmm. Trey Galloway, we know what he is. If he can stay healthy, now you've probably right. got a, a better post player than the second line had a year ago. And yes, there are still mm-hmm. concerns. Can this team hit threes and? You know, just generally, what's the offensive flow going to be? Mm-hmm. But even just, I mean, just just in that limited sample size, you were looking at it and you were like, yeah, but like that. That's a that's a better five than their second yeah. five a year ago, right? And, and I mean, and it's some of the same guys, yeah. But they're better guys, and they're, 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 than, and the than guys themselves. that are switched out, the guys yeah. that, that that are new mm. look better, right? And again, it just it, it's sort of this this understated confidence of like. We know we're good. Like we're, mm. and you're you're going to find out we're right. good. And there's just right. I don't know. There's you know like there's a point when when Mike Woodson pulled uh, Xavier Johnson out and Xavier Johnson went over and shook his hand. Yeah, and, it was know, very just, like, like kind of there was a lot of there just, was a joke to it. and It was funny. Yeah, like yeah. there's just there's just a a everyone's comfortable. Everyone's mm. confident. There's a playfulness. There's a sense of like our coach is smart. Yeah. We're good. Mm. He, you know, I'm good. He's good. He's good. He, we, I yeah. trust everybody. Right. Um. And it's only year two, so maybe that stuff can be, you know, can can evaporate a little faster. But on the other hand, you know, it's not like, you know, Mike Woodson would hardly be the first coach to win a a Big Ten title, for example, Mm -hmm. in his second year. And, uh, you know, he said it to us at Media Day, but -hmm. it's different when you're saying it to 12,000 people at Hoosier Hysteria when Courtney Cronin, good friend of the podcast, old friend of the podcast, um, 
when Courtney knew her before she was famous. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. When Courtney said, you know, you did all this last year, what's next? And Mm -hmm. Mike Woodson said a big 10 title and a national title. Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying like, Oh, we we national title or bust for this team. But he was saying like, this is what these guys know. I expect. Yeah. And so that's, that's what, that's what we're going to do. Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's where we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's where, that's where that confidence comes from. And I think Woodson's had it for a long time in his own way or by himself, Mm -hmm. but it's getting it into his, into his, his roster that, right. that I think is is what's maybe a little bit different this year compared to a year right. ago. Yeah, compared to a year ago, and and I think I want to go back to this. Like, what the thing that Woodson has that really helps is like, even though like he doesn't have to prove himself as an Indiana guy. Like that's kind of a like we've been watching this you know this for so long just uh, just everything that the coaches sort of you know post night have had to do um, to it, to feel like they were really being embraced and 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 obviously Tom Crean I think took that more personally than any of the rest of them um, and also to be fair to Tom I think it was more necessary at the time it was post, very necessary you know at the time. still less yeah. than ten years from Knight's firing mm-hmm. yeah post Kelvin. And everything that came with that. Like, I think we've, right. it's kind of this nice blend of like, it's, it's Mike Woodson. Yeah. And also we're You're 20 years we're out. removed enough from it now that like, right. it's not something that mm. co- college age kids now even remember. Right. Most of me weren't even alive for it. Right. Yeah. No. It, yeah. Like almost right. none of them. God, good God. Yeah. <laughs> That was like my first week of freshman year at Penn State. I remember that. In a side conversation Jeez. earlier tonight, if he's listening, I, I'm confident I'm quoting him correctly, and I'd be shocked if he's listening. Race Thompson told me he's heard of Outcast, but he's never listened to Outcast. Jeez. And I melted into a puddle of water on the Wow, I'm, I'm, I just did too. The yeah. kids need to know. So sorry. Like, I, feel, I, mean, I feel like Schmidt and New Girls just yelling, yeah. youths. I feel like I got to take another look. We, we need, like, we, we could go rattle on for five minutes for a while. Like, if they think G Herbo's that great, like, if they if they, they didn't, and they oh, don't if, understand now, that had God. been Big Boy on the stage, you, you would have been right I there. I would have been on the yeah, stage. Same, same. And I'm not even, like, the biggest Outcast fan, but, but, but my God. Yeah. Like, there's a, there's, I, like, you, if you guys been don't. A notification says Zach Osterman started an Instagram live video, mm-hmm. uh, like, five different times. But right. no, it, 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 it yeah, I mean, I think you're fair about Woodson. I think it's this combination of like, it's it's somebody who doesn't. I mean, I, I said this. I said this when he was hired. I said he says in Indian, Indianapolis in a way that is familiar mm. to people from Indianapolis. Right. In the same way that like, there's things I can say to someone from Georgia that they will understand. That, right. that most people won't. Right. You know, Yinzer stuff I can like say. My, yes, I know what you my, mean. <laughs> my father-in-law grew up on the Northwest Side. He went to Northwest High School. Mm. He was, I think, a year younger than Mike Woodson. Mm-hmm. Mike Woodson says Indianapolis the same way my father says Indianapolis. And so there's right. that that element of like, or my, yeah, my father-in-law, um, not my father who was born and raised in Georgia. Georgia yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's that element of he's he's one of us. Quit, right. not, not you or me, but, you know, yeah. IU fans, people from the state of Indiana, people who are basketball fans in the state of Indiana, they think he's right. one of us. And then there's also kind of this you are removed mm-hmm. enough from all of that turmoil, even the turmoil of Samson. I mean, that, you know, right, that, was, exactly. that, was, that was three coaches ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you're removed enough even from that, that it, that there's, there's no, there's no aftershock left. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it, you're, you're past it. There is this, he, he, I mean, it's even just a small thing coming after the reunion, you know, when they brought Bobby, Bobby Knight back on, um, you know, just, just sort of all past that. There's just, he, he's the first coach that doesn't have 
to do any of that. Like does not have to do anything in terms of repairing. Like he naturally repairs ties just by existing and walking the door. And so like all of the other feeling like, Oh, like you, you've got to get this, you know, these people to love you. You've got to get them to, to see you as one of them. He, he does not have to do any of that work. And that makes everything more confident. And again, like I, I said it before, like, so stuff like tonight he can pull off like Mike, Mike Woodson can say we're having a rapper here and like I'm sure that there are people that are annoyed whatever but more or less nobody blinks an eye you know yeah. like where it was like if Tom Crane tried to do that no like it would have been it like just it would not have worked he would have tried it the fan base would have been angry about it they'd be like you're trying too hard etc 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 it just it would not have played with Mike Woodson it plays I mean I think I think everything tonight like the the pyro yeah you know the the students on the floor surrounding the players as they came on right you know I mean I I think a lot of the stuff would probably not have much not less the idea with anybody of a, of but a concert you yeah. know mm-hmm. other than like John Mellencamp who you know that'd be fun too I'm guessing I'm sure. guessing no offense to John Mellencamp who I, I also hope is not listening to this podcast uh, <laughs> I'm guessing the IU basketball teams uh, probably would not be you know quite as it, excited it wouldn't be yeah. quite as culturally relevant yeah um, they're, they're not all that into what blood on the scarecrow or whatever it is rain on rain the on, scarecrow. Rain on the scarecrow Jesus wept <laughs> Man, it's blood is on the plow. Rain is on the scarecrow. So, That's right. Yeah. Okay. My bad. Oh, I apologize. I, like yet again, I am not. I am not of you. I am not of you. Of me. I grew up in Atlanta. I don't mean you. I mean the people who are listening. I'm but sorry. To be fair, I'm the not... Ostermans did did settle in the same town as the Mountain Camps. My family was from Seymour many many years ago. But on the same night, Terry Moore walks out to paper and fire. Mm. Blood on the scarecrow. We should just shut this thing. Down. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. On, on this, that's a j- that 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 sounds awesome. Just to be I clear, he's on. had like a quarter of one beer. Not, like yeah, we're just doing a laid back that. podcast. Less he just than doesn't that. know anything. <laughs> Dustin has no swagger. None, unlike Mike Woodson. zero um, zero swagger. I don't know what what else stood out. I mean, I, I you know. I also just think the the day, the holistic day, was mm-hmm. interesting. Right. They had a, a pro day. It, it, they seem to suggest in some social media postings that mm-hmm. um, that every every Big Ten or every Big Ten team <laughs> let all the other Big Ten teams come in and watch them work out. Right. Uh, every NBA team was represented in, in some shape or form. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, we we got to talk to. Uh, Miller Cop about that, and you know he said all the things you'd expect a player to say about how you know the opportunities that provides and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Miller Cop had a nice night, anyway. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, the ball. He, no, I think he did. I think that's fair. Uh, so mm-hmm. did Chloe McNeil. Yes, um, the two of them together were were which pretty is, tough is to an interesting with. development for the women's program because I mean yes. you, know, you brought Sarah Scalia in because mm-hmm. you know she can hit threes. You've already got Grace Berger, who's obviously a very good jump shooter. Yep. You know, you're, but you're, you, there's some stuff you're going to have to remake about that roster without Ali Patberg, without Nicole Cardano Hillary, without, mm. you know, Alexa Goulbay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, you can, if you can add more three point shooting dynamic, th- there's mm-hmm. no basketball team since the three point shot was introduced in college in 1986 that's gotten worse for being able to hit more threes. Right. Um, but no, I, I think just going back to like the, the day the men had it, it just sort of, it just sort of felt very. I mean, holistic isn't quite the right word. There was just something about kind of the whole yeah, day. Yeah, it, com- it was complete. It yeah, was, and com- it was very and, complete and it day. And it homecoming it. weekend, and there were alumni in yeah. town. It felt, it felt very, it felt like the sort of thing that Indiana has when Indiana's good. Mm. And this team may be good. You know, we think it's good, but we'll see. You right. know, I, I yeah. mean, I, I've seen Indiana teams where I thought they were good, and they turned out not to be. Um, 
you know, it, it feels like the sort of like weekend that Duke has mm-hmm. or Kentucky has. Right. There's just this, this, there's this feel of like, we're celebrating, we're boasting, we're mm. chests out. It's, right. It's yeah. Indiana basketball all weekend. And then, and then football on Saturday with homecoming game. And so, you know, everybody can kind of bask in the, the collegial, whatever of that. And there's recruits in town. It just sort of felt like Indiana, at least in terms of what this event could be in real time, Indiana nailed the whole idea of mm. pro day Friday afternoon, Hoosier hysteria Friday night into homecoming weekend as best it could. Yeah. I got to kick out of the fact that they brought the big noon kickoff guys out. And by that, I mean Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn. Yeah, these kids need to know about Reggie Bush, man. Yeah. Like, yeah, these no, kids don't real. know about Reggie Bush. No, they don't. My God. No. I, My like, God. I ran into some some friends who had their kids there, and, like, you know, one of their youngest yeah. is probably, like, I don't know, like, nine or ten. And I was like, you don't know about Reggie you Bush. You don't know about how you Reggie need, was. You need to understand about Reggie Bush. Reggie was absurd. You got to see, like, the Fresno State game. There was, like, the, the one change of direction there that was just, like, what, who are you? What is this? How is this even possible? Um, but, no, like... They were into it. And again, they've got, between the three of them, absolutely zero connection to the end. At least, I mean, Brady Quinn at least played college football in the state and the other side of it. And Brady Quinn literally stopped to be like, oh, where's the recruits at? He was like, recruits, you see this stuff? And it was like, yeah, no, there had to be something in IU compliance. It was like, no. Whoa, what are you doing? You can't talk to recruits. I mean, can they not? I don't know. I'm sure they can. And also, like, IU compliance is notoriously mm -hmm. sticky about the rules, but. Right. But, like, the fact that that was a thing. If you're listening from my Econ, they may be listening. They might actually be listening, you know, yes. We, we are told you are we, good we at just, your jobs. We just want to film a few football recruits at your camps. It's fine. Oklahoma <laughs> it's not does a big it. Deal. Alabama does it. It's fine. Anyway, keep going. Right. But, like, that was notable to me because it was just like, this guy, Brady Quinn, I mean, I have no idea if he had, if he rooted for IU when he was a kid. I have no idea whatsoever. But, like, I mean, he was selling it. It was like, you played at Notre Dame. Like, you, you they. Well, you, you know, you're, you're just saying, wow, this is cool. Uh, check this out, recruits. And I, I have no idea if he has any rooting interest in IU whatsoever. And he was like selling it. Yeah, he's from Reggie Columbus. Bush was in there. He's from Columbus, Ohio. Um, he went to Dublin, Kaufman. Mm. None of that makes any sense. Yeah. Who knows? Like, he probably rooted for Ohio oh, State. Oh, there's Jacob DeGrom looking sad. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah, Zach's really upset about it. Uh, but point of the matter, I mean, like, like, that was it's something. Just, that was something worth noting. Like they let him out there and they just sort of... There's all these little of, elements that contribute to like the larger pageantry. That it, yeah, again, it just, exactly. And, and some of that stuff couldn't have been planned. You didn't like you didn't know what... Red, you didn't know Reggie Bush was going to drain back-to-back threes. No, exactly. Right when somebody said, hey, Reggie, go take a three. And he was just mm. going to knock him down back-to-back. Yeah, Red Lewis was like, you know, you, you think you could hit this shot? Like, Reggie's like, yeah, yeah probably, I'm Reggie Bush. I, mean, I can probably, do whatever... Yeah. I, I can do whatever I want whenever I want. Yeah, I can turn much. around a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Watch. You didn't know what what brady quinn was gonna do or whatever but like yeah, it, they it just, just let him out there and they were like this is really cool hey recruits this is really cool everything just felt very loose it mm. felt very sort of like good for josh bell i just want to say that out loud yeah you know and, and what's what's funny is he hit it against the mets there's that yeah there's um, that and what's funny about that is the mets <laughs> um I'm, I'm i'm still yeah anyway so, moving like, on if ralph yeah. russo's listening to this i keep saying that if someone's listening to this ralph i'm sorry um, again, I hope Ralph's not listening to our Friday Night Hoosierist area recap podcast. I'm certain he's not. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I thought it, it, I mean, Hoosierist area from a reporter's perspective is always just sort of a novelty. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you know, you're not going to get a lot out of it, but it is the no. first chance to look at the basketball team. Right. 
it's you know it's it's not like anything it's it's obviously very low pressure or very low stakes or whatever you want to say right but i can't i just can't remember a hoosier hysteria that i'm not trying to act like it was a broadway show and they you know they pulled it off at hamilton-esque levels it was more just like <laughs> yeah it just i can't remember hoosier hysteria that just kind of aimed to be quite so electric and quite so relevant yeah and and landed mm-hmm. it the way right. w- without you know without the the electricity of, you know, I remember Eric Gordon's Hoosier Hysteria in 07 when the building was basically full. And that was because here was the number one player in the country. And he was right. from Indianapolis. And he, you know, he, he, he bend off Illinois to come to Indiana. Yeah. Or 2012, or excuse me, 2013. No, well, it would have been fall 2012, 2012 when we were looking at the number one team in the country. And everyone was so excited. And, and there was mm. just, there was so much, you know, sort of excitement mm. in general. Emma Stone right. is watching the Mets lose. That's wonderful. Um <laughs> You know, just like Indiana, like I said, Indiana wanted this event to be relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was. Right. And and not in a way that felt like they had to spend $3 million on it. To do. I guess I don't know what they paid you here, but for his 30-minute performance, probably not a million dollars. Right. Um, but, you know, not, not in some way where they had to pull out every stop, call in every favor. It just felt, a lot of it felt well-planned. Right. And the stuff that didn't feel planned felt very organically positive yeah and and it just again all of it seemed to reflect the mood of a program yeah no just like everything yeah there was like there was some swagger but more it was just confidence there was just confidence you know i don't know like again like a a couple little like other interesting wrinkles like i thought it was interesting that trace jackson davis picked mr brightside as his outcoming song I don't know why that's a, like a, a little thing to me because it's just like it's not like that. That is Mr. Brightside is to to college kids today <laughs> what um, living on a prayer and um, journey were were to fair to, to me when I was like, right. You know, which is amazing because it says old. we're old. It but the, it's the, also it funny that, that he it's picked the thing that. that you just like everyone knows the words and you belt it as loud as you can. Yeah, and like I got a kick out of the fact that Trace picked that. Like, and he sort of like bathed in it too i got a kick out of that like because it was just but like that was confident you know like that was him saying i'm going to remember this song from college like this is probably not a song you think i listened to it probably it came out when i was i don't know five four yeah whatever but like this is i'm going to remember iu for this this is a song that we've been out and i've sung this song and like this is what i'm going to think of and just you know like and he sort of like came out and they were also sort of bouncing around by the by the bench and it was like it was I don't know there there that, that exuded confidence to me in its own little way. What what it, he didn't pick a song to be hard ass, you know, like he he picked a song to have fun with and sort of embrace being in college with. Just little stuff like that. Like it, again, some level is nothing, but just sort of showed me that this it, it is a group that seems to be comfortable in its own skin right now. Um. We should talk about the women for a second because we should because they're I mean, really good. Yeah, I mean, well, they're they're really good, and I mean, they exuded a lot of that same confidence. And they obviously, did. it's it's you know, it's even more justified, frankly, than than the men's is in in terms sure. of what they've done. Obviously, again, as as I said a few a minute ago, that there's some stuff to replace. There's some production to replace. You do have a top two that's probably as good as anybody in the league, even yeah. even at Iowa with Caitlin Clark. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. Every single one of the transfers you picked up, the big ones you picked up on paper, just feels like a you know like there was a Sarah Scalia sized hole mm. in the roster, and right. and they went and got Sarah Scalia. 
Right. You know, and there was a Sydney Parish sized hole in the roster, like like no, a cartoon running through a wall. Right. And he went out and got Sydney <laughs> Parish. Um, yeah. And I mean, I asked Terry Morton about this at, at Media Day, and I, you know, her answer was was somewhat interesting and somewhat cliche and whatever else. But she's gotten really good at, you know, she was good at at blending high school players and transfers mm-hmm. before the portal. Right. And I just think it's. I mean, if you think back to, you know, she obviously inherited a team that had um, the the two players that she sort of built her initial sort of run around Tyra Buss and Amanda Cahill. Mm-hmm. There were some impact transfers picked up through that stretch. Um, and then, you know, when you started talking about like Brenna Wise and Allie Patberg and, you know, then Nicole Cardano Hillary. And now you've got another team where you have this, what appears on paper anyway, this really good blend of, you know, players that were have been there and done that at Indiana. Right. You know, like Grace Berger, like Mackenzie Holmes, like Chloe Moore McNeil that, that mm-hmm. you know, have a can talk about like, well, this is the way we do it here and this right. is why we win at this level. Right. And then you're sticking in, you know, a, a player that has tons of Big Ten experience hitting threes. You know, I, I mean, I think Terry Moore in reference, like Sarah Scalia hit like seven threes in one half. Yeah. Against Indiana from Minnesota last year. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, 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 you go get another, uh, former Miss Basketball in the state to come right, home, Parish, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and all these different kinds of things. It just it just feels like Terry Morin has has kind of figured out that calculus between yeah. you know, and and she did it in the pre portal era. Now it's even in some ways easier to do it if you know what you're doing. Yeah, and it seems like she's she's striking a good balance. Yeah, no, no, she absolutely is. It, it, like you said, it's almost like she's worked on it and she's had time of that before everybody was doing it, um, and. It, it is the point where you can sort of take it on the road when it comes to, you know, like recruiting the portal and say, we win here. You can come like, you know, Sydney Parish, you can come come back home because we win here now. And we win with you. Like we win, yeah. you know, we don't just win. Like it's not just, oh, we win and we'll find a place for you. It's we win in part because we, like the when we get a transfer, we adapt them in. Right. And they succeed. Yeah. And here's a here's a proven track record of that. Right. And here's three numbers of, of, you know, girls you can call, women you can call and say like, but do they really? And they'll say, yes, they do, because they did with me. And that was only four years ago or whatever. Right. Exactly. Um, and it's obviously, you know, again, it, it sort of feels it's interesting because it sort of feels like the, you know, it, it's almost like Indiana was was on that, you know, sort of was on that that equation or whatever you want to say that that formula before almost everybody else because it was mm-hmm. right in the pre-portal era. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because that's kind of how you do it now. Right. Like that's, you know, you don't, I mean the, the, the days of we're going to go get, it's not like you'll never, you know, the, the men's side's a good example. You, they didn't take any transfers this year. They were, they were, they weren't even super serious with any, there were one or two that they were clearly like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, depending on what happens with our roster, we're interested in you. Right. Yeah. But there was never like a, please pick us, like please right. choose us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like every off season has got to be a couple high schoolers and a couple transfers. Right. But this a lot is, of them are, this yeah. is the formula now mm-hmm. is, is, you know, you find the, the players that fit out of high school. Grace Berger has been a Hoosier for, you know, her whole career now, Mackenzie Holmes, same thing. You 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 know you develop them, you make them better, et cetera, and you keep that part of it going. Chloe Moore McNeil is kind of 
sort of next in line in that regard of somebody that came up through the program. Mm. But then on the other side, when you can put, when you can plug some holes, you, you plug, you some, plug holes, some holes, you yeah, know, and, exactly. and, but, but, but not just like, Oh, let's just go find whatever. Right. You know, let's just go into the portal looking for shooting. Everyone goes into the portal looking for shooting. Right. It's, it's being targeted in a way where it feels like consistently mm. once you get involved with a player, the fit is so obvious. Right. That, it just it just happens very naturally, right? And then that, and not like every transfer will work out, but then that player comes in and fits and is part of your dynamic, and you just just makes you better. And it it just it, it's it's fascinating to me that I'm not saying Terry Morin is like a visionary. Oh, she knew the portal was coming. She probably had some idea. To be fair, right? Yeah, you know. Kind of um, but but like, it. yeah, it's more just this idea of you know she was kind of working on this whether she intended to or not before it became the thing that to do yeah you know, the, the thing the, that you had to do the done way of doing things or that's not what is the i don't know what i'm saying the done the terry Moore way of doing things no no i can't remember what the word is okay we let's anyway. press on it's not yeah. the done way of doing things i recognize that that's not what you say okay keep going yeah pick pick me up here <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 what it comes down to basically is Terry Moore knows how to roster build. That's really where we're going at. It, like, she knew how to roster build before the portal. She knows how to roster build after the portal. She was preparing for this situation before. She was, like, at least, you know, there was enough transferring going on before the portal that you still had to be prepared to do it. Um, not that it was, you know, it wasn't nearly as dominant as it, as it is now that you don't, you know, generally don't have to sit out a season. Even then, you did from time to time. That's true. I mean, like you know, I don't think Allie Patberg did, but Brenna Brenna Wise did. I'm almost certain. Yeah. So that yeah. sounds right to me. Um, so you know, it's it's not forever in the past uh, that that you still had to prepare yourself to say, hey, I'm going to have an opening in a year that I'm going to need filled, and this is a person who I think could fill it. Um, you had to be advanced in that because you had to look at somebody and say, okay, you know, are you going to like, are you, are you going to matter in a year? Um, but you know, like now it's more like free agency, similar to that, um, you know, to what you have in professional sports, but it's still, you still have to be smart about it and you still have to know, okay, like how, how do you make it so that this works on a chemistry level? How do you know how to fit somebody in? How to, how to, you know, create a chemistry that, that, that absorbs that person, um, and she's very, very good at that. And, and I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I think, I think that's a really good point about also we, we talked, so I mean, I, I was the one that said such and such size hole in the roster and all that, right. but there's also the chemistry of a locker room that accepts those players, Yeah, you know, and, and, and understands like how to take somebody who, you know, hasn't been around for the last three or four years, you know, when, when you have a freshman, I mean, it's, it's. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, well, they're a freshman. They'll just take time. It's just the natural element of, of whatever. But when you have a, you know, a, a transfer, there will always be that sense of, well, she she's already got two years or three years of experience. You know, right. We're, you know, I don't know. You're not going to put like a number on it, but you're going to look at a transfer like Sarah Scalia and you're going to say, well, you're going to help us right away. Right. Because, you know, we, we saw you do it at Minnesota for X number of years or whatever. Right. And it's sort of this idea, I think, of how do you, you know, how do you create a culture where 
everybody just embraces that and and you know the 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 players who have been around for you know several years there's no animosity but there's also no strangeness there's just sort of like a hey doors open you're here now right because you talk to anybody who goes through it um transfer recruiting does not happen in such an in nearly such an extended way as as high school recruiting right you know you have less time to get to know coaches mm-hmm. you know you, you you can go on a visit you can meet players and and maybe you knew some of them already right but you don't have that time to maybe come down for some unofficial visits and play in open gyms and all it you know it all has to be condensed right so how do you create that environment where you know you're you're really good at identifying the players that will fit you and then your roster is really good at absorbing those players when they commit and when they sign. And I think I think Terry Morin just deserves a ton of credit for that. And I'm not saying this is the only reason Terry Morin is winning. Listen, mm-hmm. again, Grace Berger, homegrown, McKenzie you know, Holmes. McKenzie Holmes. I guess that's a term we have to use now. That's that's a, it's a very like it's a very soccer term is when you talk about players that right. were were grown. What's well, a baseball term too? Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. I mean, like, and, and to, to um, some extent, it's all all pro sports. You know, even really like baseball. I mean, even Tyra Bus, Amanda yeah. Cahill, obviously. Players that I think both of them, if I'm not mistaken, mm. Terry inherited, but they yeah. spent basically their entire careers with her. You know, most certainly, them, yeah. certainly the, the the majority of it, the bulk of it. You know, so she, I'm not saying she can only win with transfers, but she's had so much success, and I, I'm kind of going on about this, but I do find it fascinating, like why it has worked so well for her mm-hmm. when there's so much talk in all college sports about the portal and how do you deal with the portal and what's the right balance and all this. And it's like Terry Morin was getting the balance right before the portal existed, mm-hmm. not just in terms of when to go after a certain player, how to, you know, how to, how to get a certain player in a certain situation or whatever, but what you do when you, you know, just how you do it consistently. Right. And how you build a, a, a culture in the clubhouse that, constantly accepts those players yeah no it it takes a lot of work it takes players that trust you you know like it it takes building trust within your the the people that you already have that you're going to get people that are going to fit you know at the end of the day that that basically that that like when when you go after somebody it's because you need that person you know and that's what you need for the team basically at that and and everybody's just got to buy into this person is here now and we're going to you know create the best scenario for them Let's leave it there for now. We've talked about 40 minutes about Hoosier Stereo. Is there anything else you, you took away from? No, I think we hit on it. I mean, I got down to the point where I was talking about, like, music selection. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I feel like I've mined everything. I think the, the one other thing I would say about the women's program, too, you know, we talked about the confidence on the men's side. There is, I think, an earned swagger on the women's there side. There really is. Of, yeah. Again, not like people are strutting, but more this sense of just like we know how to do it. Yeah. And, There's... and that's interesting to me because for so long, Indiana women's basketball was this 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 strange curiosity in women's college basketball. Purdue mm. was so good. Mm. Notre Dame was so good. Right. The Big Ten was consistently good. Right. There was so much talent in the state of Indiana. Mm. And yet IU basketball just could not find a way to put it together. Right. And like, you know, again and again, they would, they would seem to be kind of pushing up against it and then they wouldn't be able to break through. Terry Morin has. Right. And we're not just in a, a place where Terry, you know, we're going to say, oh, Terry Morin has, you know, such and such number of NCAA appearances. You know, she has X percentage of all the NCAA appearances, whatever it is. 
it feels like there is just kind of this idea of Indiana women's basketball is roughly. I'm not saying they're going to win a national title. I'll never predict that about any program ever. Sure, but you know, roughly speaking, like they're what Purdue was for so long. Yeah, you know that they have found their formula for being that program. Right, that is just constantly sort mm-hmm. of like good because they just sort of decide like, yes, we know how to be good. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, there's obviously a level in women's college basketball that is sort of above everybody, you know, but like. Indiana has put itself in that it's I wouldn't say next tier down but it has reached the point that like it it has it has every right to stand with anybody else in the Big Ten you know I mean like you know UConn's at a different level South Carolina's at a different level right now I mean there's and there's a handful of other programs that you'd you'd put in that same you know stratosphere like Stanford and somebody like that Um, but you know and, and like Iowa happens to have you know at the moment either the best or second best player in the country um, but other than that, you know, like they, they, they are, they, they are there. They are, they are part of that. Like basically like everybody else that sort of has a, a non, you know, top of the world program they can hang with basically. And, and, and it took a lot of work to get to that point. I mean, just e- even a small thing here. I mean, like, you know, um, I, you know, I'm not sure how many Hoosier stories I've, I've gone to since I've been back in Indiana. Um, but back in the old days, man, I mean, it was like, you, you know, like it was really, Indiana women's basketball was just was just there when it came to Hoosier hysteria. It was like okay, like you could clearly tell that they had a sense that like okay, we we are second banana here. You know, like we are we are here to just sort of try to catch whatever um, you know wave we can just just from being on the same court as the men. And now the women have won at a higher level. I mean, like the the men have all this hype around them, um, but the men, the women have really been there. You know, and right, so like yeah. there was just a sense that they did not feel like they weren't on an equal playing field. I mean, I mean, hell, like on, you know, when it came to you know three points when they were teaming up, almost every um, uh, every team had a, a, a men's player and women's player. Women's player made more threes on almost every single. Yep like thing i mean e- even miller cop had a really good showing and, and i think chloe mcneil was right behind him and everybody else like was outdone by their women's counterpart like and i mean it, it's and it's a fearless crew now like it is like they absolutely felt like they had every right to be out on that court with them yeah fearless and, is a good word they just they don't care they just you know yeah this is what we do they, 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 their attitude is just sort of this is what we do now right and if you stop and think about it they you know, obviously the last couple of years have been really, really good, mm-hmm. but performing at that NCAA tournament level mm-hmm. that just sort of, you know, as in any sport, yeah, you consistently get there. Yeah. You're going to start getting better at recruiting, attracting talent, and then the, the mm-hmm. ceiling raises again. So, right. And they beat pros now. Like, they, 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 you know, there, there are players that they've beat that are, you know, yeah. out making money doing it now. We'll leave it there. Um, it's still seven to one, San Diego, uh, which is a, a, an awful shame. <laughs> um, he's Dustin DePirac. I'm Zach Osterman. We will be back Sunday night. Um, if you hear this before Sunday, uh, talking about IU Michigan and whatever happens in that game between now and then for the Indianapolis Star and the Bloomington Herald Times. Again, he's Dustin. I'm Zach. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon.